it's Sally here. Just a quick one, just a quick one. If you like this really sweary podcast by Kalechi, sorry, Kalechi, do remember to rate and review Say Your Mind on Apple Podcasts, okay? Now for the very urban intro music. <laughs> it's the Ben's Punani woman, it's baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. Baby, sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are gonna sip it, yo. Our time's calling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind. Last night. I checked my phone since I left it alone From the last time that my tweets had blown, baby My mum didn't understand She said I joined bad gang Missed the greatest joke I ever wrote, babe How they twist a joke so easily Still remains a mystery to me they say, don't you remember pastor's tweet that God will see all this fuckery, babe? Now the humor's gone away, babe. And it's such a shame, babe. It was such a fire tweet, oh. If it's really not funny, if you really didn't kiki, if you really don't get it, then stay on WhatsApp. Oh, oh. If you really don't get it, ooh. If you really didn't kiki. <laughs> um, that was inspired. Wow. In case uh, you're not familiar with that song, that's, well, those lyrics are clearly not the song, um, but that's Deborah Cox. Who do you love? If you really don't want me, hey. If you really don't need me, ooh. If you really don't love me, then who do you love? Oh, ooh. Uh, uh, uh. No, that was a tune. That was a tune. Last night I slept alone. Ooh. Oh, banger, banger. So many bangers. I don't even know what happened. Like... I stayed up to watch the Nelly. Why am I even going ahead? Let me just first say hi. Hi, hi. <laughs> hello. Hello. Yes, hello. It is me, Kalechi. Welcome to another episode of SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right. Suck your mom. So, yeah, like I was saying, I stayed up to watch Ludacris and Nelly do the clash on Insta Live, um, you know, the versus um, clash. And it just brought back such great memories. I was just there, um, boob in Lev's mouth, just vibing away, tweeting away, like, oh, so many tunes. I miss those tunes. And I feel like Nelly and Ludacris um, are like the last of like the genuinely good looking rappers. I'm talking like male rappers. Genuinely some of the last Like people are like But what about Nas And what about Method Man mm, They're alright They're alright But I've, mm, I've never really seen them As like super attractive I don't know um, But yeah I was just watching the live Thinking wow Those were the days <laughs> I got hoes Oh I got hoes In different area co- Area 
coats. <laughs> yeah. So hot and hurt. But no, you know what? Nelly is a motherfucking mood because his internet was moving the way that he moved towards Ashanti. But yeah, he his internet was just doing... Uh, 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 and Teddy Riley had a cheek to go... You know, like, people were really like, right, like, misery loves company because the way Teddy Riley jumped onto that Insta Live to come out, lol, and woo. And I'm just like, you have a cheek because you couldn't get yourself right. So you've now come to, come to see what's happening over here. But eventually it straightened out. A bit for Nelly, but I just loved his energy, you know, like he genuinely was just enjoying his songs, like Ludacris's out, you know, like um kind of repertoire or his kind of collection, absolutely bodies Nelly's, absolutely bodies Nelly's. But you know, Nelly was having a great time. He was having the best time. And that's not to say that Nelly didn't have bangers because Air Force Ones, um, Grill, like so many tunes, um, and obviously and I love you and I need you. Obviously dilemma. So no, Nelly has had absolute bangers as well. But just when Ludacris was playing his shit back, I was just like, rah, come and see flow, come and see lyrics. And he's just got a beautiful tone to his voice. So I stayed up to like 3 a.m. vibing with them, man, and everybody else that jumped into the live as well to comment and stuff like pretty little thing was doing too much like every Nelly would just go ah, and I'm like flames 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 emoji flames emoji flames emoji calm down not every day sell something you know fucking hell uh, um yeah it was great so I was up till 3 a.m doing that knowing full well that I had to get up early to go for my run and I thought I was gonna be absolutely wrecked because I was so tired when I got up um, literally like what, four hours later, but do you know what? That fucking run banged. Like it was so great. Managed to do seven miles in the time that I would usually do six miles. So that was really nice to see that progress, but I've been on it. Like I've like made sure that my training program is like top notch and just sticking to it and just having the discipline that, um, I know gets me places. So I was really enjoying it. What was really interesting was that when it came to the last mile, just feeling like, oh, okay, I'm over this now. The podcast I was listening to is finished and yeah, I want to be done with this. And I thought that that was actually the best moment in the entire run because I really had to be present, like stay in the moment, stop wishing for it to be over. It's going to be done at some point, like staying in that moment, staying in that feeling and surprisingly that was the fastest mile that I ended up doing you know of the whole run so it's just amazing what happens when we can be present and that's not to be present and say that oh it's blissful but it's just be present whatever is happening is happening in it so yeah it was it was great so I really enjoyed that and announcement, announcement, announcements to be made. Um, firstly, big up ExpressVPN, who are sponsoring this episode. Um, I'll be talking about ExpressVPN a little bit later on. So, um, yeah, announcements. So Friday, um, was it Friday? This Friday that you're listening to this, what would that make it? Friday the 22nd of May. 
Friday, 22nd of May. I will be live tweeting at 7 p.m. We'll all be tweeting along to America, when will you marry? So that's um, London time. So 7 p.m. London time, we'll be tweeting along to America, when will you marry, which is episode 11 of this podcast. So yeah, just hashtag um, pod Bible listening party, hashtag say your mind pod. 7 p.m., let's get tweeting that particular episode. It would just be great to kind of like, listen back to it myself. I'm I'm not going to listen to it before the episode. Like, um, I mean, before that day, I'm not, I'm just going to like let the things come to me and listen to it on the day. So Friday, 22nd of May, we'll be tweeting along to America. When will you marry? So if you want to join in at 7 PM, that's 7 PM London time, um, tweet Instagram if you want to, but ideally tweet and let's get our Murph Glabs, man. Um, and then the next announcement is that I'm going to have a new deck of cards coming out. Um, it won't be out for a few months yet or a couple of months yet. But I just wanted to give you a heads up that it's been an amazing journey so far. Just letting um, just letting messages flow, just letting spirit kind of flow through me and through doing so many um, readings over the years that I've had this podcast now, I've grown so much, I feel, spiritually. So therefore, the card, um, the cards that I'm wanting to bring forward are grown as well. They're grown, but, you know, still with a little bit of seasoning, you know, they've still got the seasoning in there, them things there, but you know, just the grown vibe and there's more, you know, there'll be more of them in the deck as well. Um, and yeah, the way I've just come about them, is just what I feel like what I've spirit has said to me when I've been inquiring about things. And sometimes they're just very, very simple statements. So they're more like prompts. They're like statements, prompts, um, to get us to be on that journey of spirituality for ourselves. So They'll be called the Straw Flingers uh, Guide on Spirituality. The Straw Flingers Guide on Spirituality. And cards, deck of cards, shuffle them, breathing deep, take a moment, center yourself, ask the question that your soul is yearning for, shuffle your cards, pick a card and go from there. Yeah. Um, and it was just, yeah, statements, 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 like little prompts. Uh, and I just think that that's, the level that we move to next as a collective, like prompting ourselves on our journey, not looking for the answers outside of ourselves. So, um, yeah, I'll let you know when that's happening. I might be cheeky, you know, obviously, you know, I'm going to move mad with how many I, um, release. I, nobody's going to convince me to release any more than the amount that I end up releasing. It is what it is. So start guessing the numbers. Now, if you can guess the number that I end up releasing, the number of decks that will be available, then you can have, I was going to say you can have a free deck, but that wouldn't be fair. But yeah, let's see. Let's see. So um, if you can guess, that would be hilarious, but you should kind of know my vibe by now, but I'm just, yeah, I'm only going to release um, a few of them um, because I feel like it. And I just feel like, <sighs> I don't even think I want to, I will even mention it really on the, on social media, like in, on Instagram and things when, you know, it's released and stuff, because I feel like it's for the people who actually listen to this podcast. And like when people see it on Insta stories, when I'm reposting the, 
when people are posting their say your mind affirmation cards and stuff. And they're like, oh my God, what are those? Oh, I'd love those. And I'm thinking, so the fact that you're saying, what are those? They're not for you. Like they're literally not for you. They're for the people that actually listen to the podcast. So I might do a little guerrilla tactics thing where like, it's not, I'm not even mentioning it on um, Instagram until the day that it comes out. Because then when it's like, oh, I didn't know. Oh my God, I didn't know. I love them so much. How can I, I want to buy some for my sister and my mum in Guatemala. No, you can't buy them for any, your sister and your mum in Guatemala because you weren't listening to podcasts. So it's really not for you. I don't want to now be receiving emails again to any random of all the email addresses that I have asking me questions and things like that. Like if you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you're an avid listener, you already know the channels that I like um, to do things through and whatever. So the cards will be meant for the people who vibe on that level. Like, yeah. So I don't, I don't want to now be hearing story like, I don't know if I should be using these cards. Are they devil things? Are they demonic? Shut up and move, man. Move. It's not for you. Go and sit down. Go and sit down and go and drink, Gary. Move. So, um, Yeah. So that's a big, big thing for me. They're going to, the, the the design is going to be very, very different. Um, the messages are very concise, very clear, um, and just really spiritually guided, like strongly spiritually guided in the way that, you know, the Say Your Mind Affirmation card deck is, and it's fun, you know, it's fun and it's informative. This one is going to it's a different energy. That's the best way for me to describe it. It's a different energy and it's a more grown energy just in terms of what I feel that I'm channeling. Yeah. So, um, I'll, as we get closer to releasing it and things like that, I will keep, I'll give you more information, but I just wanted to let you know that that is a thing that is happening. It is happening. So going straight then into the tarot cards for this week, it's really interesting. It's really gentle. It's really beautiful. It's so beautiful. Um, the first card is six of cups. Everything is upright. The first card is six of cups, which um, we're dealing with the emotions where some of us are dealing with emotions. We're feeling nostalgic. Uh, this time has allowed for us to think about things. It might bring up emotions that we've kind of had so much life happening that we've been able to avoid feeling these emotions and because of everything that's happening, things have kind of slowed down and allowed space to be nostalgic and to be introspective. And that's probably bringing up a lot for um, some people, but the, for the fact that some of you have done them at work and um, you've taken the time to sit with your feelings and to sit with your memories and to make peace with um, a lot of things, you're ready to move to the next stage of life. And I'm getting a strong energy that for some people that means starting a family. Like maybe the reason you didn't want to start a family before was because you were like, oh, like my, I want to say father, but it could be your mother as well. It could just the parental figure in your life, but it's feeling strongly like for some, it was a father figure. And I say that because um, the first card that I actually pulled from the uh, tarot of the Orishas was the, was Shango. Um, and, you know, he had different wives. That's what we're told in the, you know, in the mythology of everything that he had um, 
different wives, Oshun, Oya, um, well, um, two of them. And yeah, so that was the first, I'm going to look up who the next wife is because I'm actually, it's in my brain now. So yeah, it was interesting to me that I saw the card and I thought, "Mm, I don't know if that fits um, with this week, but I'll, you know, mention it anyway. Um, Yeah, he's got wives were Oya, Oba and Oshun. So just that, the fact that he had different wives during different stages of his lives and the way that the legend has it is that there, there were quite tempestuous relationships here and there. So maybe some people were holding back from having or th- thinking about family and things like that because of the childhood that they had. And because you've now started kind of make peace I'd say with that and I think that peace is a strong word for it it's a it's a very um accurate word for it you are make you are choosing peace when it comes to the um childhood and the the feelings that you had around all of those things and deciding that yes um I'm ready to start a family or you're ready to parent in a different way so maybe you already have um a child but you're ready to parent in a different way but um and if you don't have children you're ready to parent yourself or to mother yourself in a way that you feel that you weren't mothered. You're ready to take that step now because you've had time to sit with your uh, memories and your feelings during this time and work through the ones that feel icky, that feel muddy, that don't, that felt not very nice. You've done the work. And because of that, um, you're ready to move to the next stage. And I say that because the next card is the ace of coins. So the ace of pentacles, you're ready to move to that um, next stage. And I think, look at Ace of Coins and I still always think about fertility as well. And that's strongly suggested again by the Page of Cups, which is a little boy. I'm using the uh, Crystal Banner deck, the Kaleidodope deck. So um, the first card when I mentioned the six of cups on the Kaleidodope deck you see you know those cans that you used to use as phones and you add a string to it so that's like childhood memories communication so you've been having that time to kind of commune and think and 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 um, to explore your feelings around um your childhood and the way that you felt that you were parented and things like that and then you've got the ace of coins the next card coming up like I said, which is that the opportunity has now um, arrived or you've been, the the door has been opened for you to move to the next stage of your growth, um, your personal growth. And that is either in terms of parenting yourself or becoming a parent or parenting better um, than what you feel that you um, received. And for some, it might just be a case of nostalgia and thinking about that there wasn't necessarily anything terrible that happened. You probably had a good, you know, a great um, childhood, but maybe people have passed on and just thinking about them has gotten you, gotten you to think about the fact that yes, you know, you're ready for the next stage in your kind of journey, which might be um, to start a family or to have a child. And that, that doesn't necessarily mean that you want like a partner to go with that. You might just be doing it in your way, which is that you maybe you want to adopt or you want to foster, um, a, you know, become a foster parent or whatever, but you are considering a different way of, um, sharing now and to 
um, help in somebody else's childhood. That's just the strong feeling that it's either your childhood that you've worked through and you're just ready to kind of like parent yourself and do your thing and and be the, the parent that you feel that you needed that maybe you didn't have or maybe um, they've passed on and you want to continue that energy that they gave you. Or, um, yeah, or it is a case of, you know, I want to um, pass on what I've learned to a child. So that's there as well. Um, from the messages from your angels card deck, the card that came out is Angel Sonia. And Angel Sonia says, I bring you a message from your deceased loved ones. I am happy, at peace, and I love you very much. Please don't worry about me. So that card actually came out for me um, when I was doing my own reading earlier on this week. And, you know, whenever anyone's doing a reading, their energy always comes through as well. So if I was even reading these cards for myself, I would say that um, through the um, readings that I've done recently in terms of the learning I've been doing and the different books and things that I've been kind of indulging in, I've gone back to look at so many different aspects of my life and I'm just thinking my life so far. And I think that it definitely has opened up a space within me to allow for peace to reside there. I mean, peace has always resided there, but, you know, for me to almost be aware that the peace is there. The peace doesn't come from the things that I'm doing, the external things that um, I'm doing. You know, following on from last week, really, it doesn't come from that. It's coming from the fact that the peace has always been there. The peace is part of our eternal being. It's part of um, our link to divinity. But it's being aware that it's always there and therefore not letting outside um, forces kind of mess with that. And then forgiving forgiving, you know, there's the episode that we have forgiven for what? Yeah. And, and, and that is still valid and it's still there. I just, I'm learning different aspects about forgiveness and just forgiveness in the um, respect of taking your time to work through things. And then when you've made that decision that you're ready to let something go, so you're no longer tethered to the feeling um, of that past uh, action, that's liberating in itself, in and of itself, but you have to be ready to want to do it. No one can force you to do it. You have to take your time. It has to be what you genuinely want, but there's a freedom in that too. And so I'm thinking that, you know, there are certain things that have happened in my life um, during my childhood that I think that I've kind of always held on to and it's made it difficult to kind of move forward and it means that then when I look at the page of cups which is drawn here as a little boy with um, a paper that he's holding up and there's the a cup and there's a goldfish in there again strong sense of fertility coming through there but he's holding this up and I've seen a little boy it's about not projecting the fears that I've kind of um, held on to as um, a way of identifying and projecting that onto my child. So working through those things. And so when the Sonia card came out for me, it was really, really emotional because for me, it was my grandma that, that I thought of, but also my dad, cause my dad passed away as well. So, um, so th knowing that those energies were like, yeah, you know, you don't have to worry about us. You don't, you're, you're good. Like we've got you, like you're all right. And I think that that's really the message here as well. Like, and also to remember that at the end of the day, whether you go on to have children or not, 
you are somebody's ancestor. Like you are, you're somebody's ancestor. So how you're moving right now is that when, when, when um, somebody related to you in the collective sense in the future, whenever that might be, is calling upon their ancestors to guide them, is it your hikihaka behavior that you want to be using to guide them. So we have a responsibility, I guess, to work through our things while we're here in the now, like in the present day, not in the future, like in the now, work through those things because those energies carry forward and somebody's calling on you to know better. They're calling on you to know better and to be doing better so you can guide them one day. Like you're, we're all going to shed this physical body at some point and when we do, we want to make sure that the energy that when we're called upon, we are able to assist in the best way possible, whoever's calling upon us. So it's, it's mothering ourselves, parenting ourselves in, in such a way that whenever it is that we are, um, our energies are called upon, whether while we're still in a physical body or not, that we're able to assist in the best way that serves all of our highest good. And the card that came out from the Say Your Mind Affirmation card deck is putting myself first is healthy. We often believe that to constantly put others before ourselves makes us good people. While caring for others is important, we can only help others when we have helped ourselves. So that all ties in together. You know, like we want to we want to be that um ancestor. We want to be that ancestor that's, you know, capable of providing like wise guidance, that's capable of uh, providing protective energy um, when it's needed from us. And, but that requires us to do the work for ourselves now to show ourselves all of the love now in this moment, right now, not next, not in the next 10 minutes, not in the next, you know, one hour, like right now, start accepting ourselves and loving ourselves in this very moment as we are, because where that where the love is there, there can't be any fear. So all of these fears that we're even projecting that, you know, oh my God, my my loved ones passed on, or you know, this happened in the past, and you're holding on to all of those fears in the present day. Love can't be there. Love really doesn't have space there. So are you really thinking about the loved one, or are you just projecting your fears onto? their um perceived absence when actually they're present all of the time um and again same goes for the past like whatever's happened it's happened and that's not to dismiss it but it's ha- it's literally has happened and because that's happened it's no longer happening now it's not a thing that's happening right now so what are we doing with right now you know so putting ourselves first is the mood and the vibe for this kind of time. You know, it's not selfish. It's choosing you. You, you have to choose you. And, and I think that that theme kind of carry, carries on through the subjects and the pieces that I've chosen to chat about this week. So it's just great for us to bear that in mind. So yeah, that's the tarot for this week. Then I'm going to then move on to share your magnificence. But before I do, I feel like I should just big up ExpressVPN and do that very quickly. So clearly all of us are at home, you know, spending more time on the internet than probably ever and streaming more things probably more than ever and communicating with people bloody hell more than ever. So that's why um, you should kind of 
get your ExpressVPN loving. You're loving on with ExpressVPN because even if, and I just discovered this the other day, even if you go on incognito mode, right, your internet service provider can literally still see every uh, website that you go on. So all of you lot that you you love your sorbet, <laughs> that you love your little uh, videos and them things there, even when you think that you've cleared your internet history and all of them things, it still lives on. It still lives on with your service provider. So um, the thing you can do is use ExpressVPN. That's why when I'm at home, I don't go online without my ExpressVPN. So it basically makes sure that your internet service provider can't see what sites you visit. Instead, your internet connection is rerouted through ExpressVPN secure servers. Each ExpressVPN server has an IP address that's shared amongst thousands of users. That means that everything you do is anonymized um, and can't be traced back to you. ExpressVPN also encrypts 100% of your data with the best in-class encryption. So your information is always protected. Um, You can use the internet with confidence from your computer, tablet, or your smartphone because ExpressVPN has you covered on every device. Simply tap one button and you're protected. ExpressVPN is the fastest and most trusted VPN on the market. And it's rated number one by CNET, Wired, The Verge, and countless more. So to protect your online activity today with the VPN that I trust to secure my privacy, visit my special link at expressvpn.com forward slash straws. That's expressvpn slash straws. And you can get an extra three months free on an Express uh, VPN one year package. That's expressvpn. That's expressvpn.com slash straws. E-X-P-R-E-S-S. SVPN.com slash straws. So visit that site to learn more. Anyway, back to the things. Time for Share Your Magnificence. Honestly, my Share Your Magnificence this week has to be Viola Davis. If you know, like me, you know how much I fucking love this woman. Like, I just think Viola Davis is incredible as an actress. Like, I keep saying that I want to play her sister, her daughter, something one day. Um, I just, I just love her. I, oh, oh, why do I love this one woman so much? I, I, there are no words. There are just no words. I just think she's incredible. I just honestly do. And the reason she's my show of magnificence is because they're the finale for How to Get Away with Murder has aired. I haven't watched it yet, but I would have watched it by the time you listen to this. Anyway, I would have watched it. I'm on the penultimate episode. But can we just take a moment for an acting queen? I know some people would like to run jokes and be like, I don't even think Viola Davis can really act. She just like cries and makes snot come out of her nose. Yeah, but can you? Can you do that? Can you do that and make it fit with the, the the narrative of the scene? Can you convey brokenness so beautifully? Can you? Can you act alongside Cicely Tyson and hold your own, bitch? No, you cannot. So don't ever, don't ever in your fucking life say that Viola Davis is not the actor that I know her to be because Viola Davis fucking acts, okay? When I watched her in um, Fences... When I watched the film Fences and when she was acting alongside um, alongside Denzel Washington, I 
just what uh, I was just enamored. I love Viola Davis so much. And I just feel like this woman has given life to Annalise Keating. No matter how I feel about Annalise, you know what? Annalise Keating, it's okay to dislike her. It's okay to be frustrated with her. It's okay to feel all of these things. What we just want to take a moment to realize is that a dark-skinned Black woman was playing this lead role. She was allowed to have different lovers of different genders, and she was just allowed to just be a mess and be excellent all in all, in everything. Like, she was just allowed to do that. And I don't, as frustrated as I was that these students would talk to her anyhow, and she really needed to slap them up and punch them in their throat. I do understand that that was also an integral part of the character because there was a mothering that she was so desperate to give to um, somebody that somehow in her very warped and skewed way, she made these choices and ended up with these um, people in her life that were never going to be deserving of what she was trying to do and because she was doing it for them when really she just wanted someone to do it for her. So... Yeah, man, all of these seasons of How to Get Away with Murder and it's now over. I just wish Viola Davis all of the success in what she goes on to and all the projects she goes on to do next because I remember that scene like it was yesterday where, you know, she sits at her mirror and she takes off her wig after a long day of just existing and it's her natural hair that's just there and that was just such a powerful scene for so many black women specifically so many dark-skinned black women I say that because sometimes you know like you go to events and stuff and people will be speaking about certain books that would specifically are addressing um the experience of a dark-skinned black girl and then you've got light-skinned women going, oh, it speaks to me too. And yeah, 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 yeah. And you're just like, while I understand that it will speak to you on a particular level, you're very much erasing and negating a very intrinsic part of what's being said here. Um, And yeah, but then I think that sometimes when curators for certain events and things... um, they don't realize the bias that they're showing in wanting the light skinned person, the mixed race person to always be the one speaking, um, about these things. Um, they don't, they don't, I don't think they question why they naturally go towards that because you can't say that it's because of, um, you know, their achievements and accolades and things like that, because there are dark skinned black women that also have the same. And if they don't have the same, it doesn't matter because there are still just dark skinned black women that have just banged with what the things that they say and their understanding of things, but they're not the ones usually commissioned or asked to do these things. And I just think that that's interesting. Anyway, that's, um, off the point. But what I'm saying is that it would, it mattered a lot to see a black woman, a dark skinned black woman be on TV, be desired, be complex, be annoying, be frustrating, but also like ultimately just be lovable. I love Annalise Keating. Nobody could tell me any different. And I absolutely love Viola Davis. One day I will work with Viola Davis. Like I'm just, I know I will like, you know, there's just some things that you just know in your spirit. I know that I will work with Viola Davis because I can't not like excellence attracts excellence. And I feel like given the right chance, 
given the the right circumstance, I can hold my own. Like she'll she, she'll bother me in certain regards, but she'll make me up my game. Like she'll make me come with my best and I'm ready for that. And actually for those who haven't watched, I did a collaboration with um, Tolly T, Tolani, um, Shonaya, who um, is uh, one third of the Receipts podcast and she's a baby girl. Um, she, Tolani's a writer in case some of you are not aware, but um, she writes extremely beautiful things. And I performed one of her pieces for her new project uh, called um, Story Story as told by, and there's a whole um, Instagram page for it. I'm going to add the link to the monologue that I did with her. I think by now, maybe another one will be out. Another one will come out today because it's every two weeks and mine was uh, two weeks ago. So I'll add a link in case you haven't watched it, but it's called Good Vibes. And it's just, I remember her sending it over to me and I just absolutely fell in love with it. And I just wanted to give as much as I could to bring that character to life. So if you haven't watched it yet, I will provide um, a link in the captions for you to go and check that out on Instagram. So like big up Tolani for writing beautiful characters. So yeah, I mean, I really want Viola Davis to see me doing that piece because it's so funny because I recorded that piece in the car and then I go on Viola Davis's page and she's that very day she'd posted another black girl doing a comedy piece in the car. And I was like, what the the fuck? Why? Why is God playing with me like this? Like, oh, girl. Yeah, she saw somebody today. It just wasn't you. (laughs) But it was great. The comedy piece that she posted was actually was brilliant as well. So, yeah, like I keep saying, like, I love Viola Davis and Annalise Keating was um, a cultural kind of um, shift for us in terms of acting because Viola Davis played that role because Shonda Rhimes made sure that that was available to be played. It's opened up so many doors for dark skinned black women to um, play um, similar roles, different roles, just let us have that space um, because we can talk about the politics around desirability and we can do all of them things. But sometimes I just want to act, you know, I just want the space to also be able to play certain roles. I want to play an assassin. I want to play a villain, but a well-rounded, well-written villain is what I want to play. But we'll get there, you know, baby steps and all of them things there. So big up yourself, Viola Davis, two slaps on your chest for being an actual icon, for being an supreme baby girl. I love you so fucking much. And one day you will hear this and I'll be embarrassed as fuck when you hear it, but I don't give a shit. I just want you to know that I love you. Supreme mother of acting, mother to Genesis, baby girl. Like you are amazing. Wife to Julius, queen. I love you. Thank you so much. So yeah, that's that for Share Your Magnificence. I just wanted to share my magnificence. Who's Viola Davis with you all? Anyway, that's that for all of the positivity. Let's get into the shit pile that is um, So You Mad because so many things were happening. Um, so many things. I'm going to have to like actually just quick fire through all of these things. Um, I'll start So You Mad with the um, always always, you know, the sanitary, um, people them that make the sanitary products. I saw on Twitter that the, there are people in Kenya tweeting, they were tweeting about the fact that they were getting sub or they feel that they were getting, um, subpar sanitary products, um, by always that it differed greatly from the sanitary uh, products that are provided, um, in Europe, allegedly. 
So it says here, women in Kenya have been expressing their outrage over the always brand of sanitary pads, which they say causes rashes, burns and discomfort. Many of uh, these women were speaking out on Twitter through the hashtag my always experience, which uh, was trending for quite a while. Somebody tweeted, they leave your skin sore and prone to infections. I believe it's not just the Kenyan problem. It's a, it's in Uganda too. They're fairly priced, but at the end of the day, you have to buy oil and powder for those who can afford it. Um, somebody else said, always is an example of brands that start taking their customers for granted and stop caring just because they think they have become popular. They should step up and start caring about their customers. Um, somebody else says, I'm very disappointed in this product. All along, I've been thinking the problem was with my waxing place. Your brand has been negatively impacting other businesses while you gain. And I think that that one's very, very interesting because you wouldn't think like it's the thing that's meant to be giving you protection and comfort during your um, menstruation that's actually causing you more hickey hagar. So you're there blaming the person that's waxing your pum. Instead, the whole time it's, it's the sanitary products that you're using. That being said, I have um, these sanitary knickers from Thinks. I think it's Thinks, T-H-I-N-X. Um, so I buy these knickers from them that I wear and they're, you know, reusable. So you just like wash them and they just hold things. And on top of that, I also have um, my moon cup as well. So I have, those are the kind of things that I, 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 I've only, I only went back to using pads um, during, well, um, in the during my like postpartum, the immediate postpartum period, that's when when I was using um, pads because they have advised you not to like insert anything, whether moon cup, whether whatever. I don't insert anything during the time because you know you're still raw and stuff. So yeah, but it, I just yeah I wasn't feeling it. I don't I wasn't enjoying it. So and that's just with the products that we have over here. So I can't imagine what it's like in Kenya and Uganda and what they've been going through. And somebody else said that the users, um, well, it also says that the users have accused always of ignoring their feedback and choosing to promote the brand with high profile figures, such as Kenya's first female Marine pilot, Elizabeth Marami and basketball star, Silale Awar. Awar. Yeah, I think I pronounced that um, right. And um, they, uh, P&G, who's the parent company uh, of Always, um, they, I think they, they try to kind of answer back or respond to these uh, criticisms with the campaign that involved these two women. And people were like, well, no, that doesn't help. That's not what we said. So then Always Kenya tweeted and they said, it breaks our heart. I hate when people try to get emotive when people are just stating facts. It says here, it breaks our hearts to hear that some of our products have not given you the best experience and we are here to work with you to get the right product from our eight variants to meet your needs. We keep innovating and that's why we reintroduced our ultra soft pad this weekend. But then people were still unimpressed because they said, um, and this is one of the people that I follow, Dr. Njoki Ngumi, who says, um, Left, she put up two pictures and one of them was always sensitive. That's called like cotton. 
but contains no cotton, by the way, is made in Israel for the EU market and bought in Germany. Um, that's when uh, that's where Dr. Njoki Ngumi bought, bought hers. And then the right is always ultra, no stain for eight hours, made in Egypt for the African market and bought in Kenya. Plastic overlay on African model, ob- um, obvious to the eye. So... I just always think that it is interesting the products seeing them side by side because people were posting pictures. And when we talk about the fact that, you know, um, when it comes to health, black women are treated very, very differently to in comparison to white women. Um, obviously there are black people in Europe and all of them things, but I'm talking, I'm looking in terms of like countries and things. Yeah. And how the global West differs in the way that it treats um, people. Well, in the collective sense to, uh, in comparison to how they're treated in the continent of Africa. So you're happy to have you subpar products allegedly and send and have those things distributed in um, Africa under your name, under your brand, but you wouldn't be providing that to the West. Yeah. You wouldn't be providing that to people in Europe, America, wherever you wouldn't be providing them with um, such trash products, but, but it's okay to provide that to um, people who are deemed, you know, you know, to have less, to be poorer so that, you know, they can have these things because it's not like they can spend the money that there's, that that's being spent in the West anyway, so they can have these things. But fuck you, fuck you. The reason I say fuck you is because in the West, you wouldn't have the, um, the riches that you have if it wasn't for Africa. Like you literally wouldn't have it. But then you're taking from this continent, you're literally robbing it and and stripping it of so many resources, um, which helps your GDP and all of the money that you're having per citizen and all of them things there, which means that they can spend it on these products. But if it wasn't for the continent that you're robbing, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have that money to spend in the first place. Like you wouldn't have the GDP, you wouldn't have the economy that you have um, if it wasn't for Africa. So it's just funny that. And by funny, I mean extremely sad that Africans are suffering for the affluence of the global West. And when it comes to even something like sanitary products, this is what's happening. And, you know, this is why they, you know, people talk about the poverty that that's um, around, you know, feminine hygiene and things like that. Like it's it's one thing to say every child should have access to sanitary um, products, siren going by. It's one thing to say that um, every child should have access to sanitary products and things like that. But what kind of sanitary products are you giving them? You know, it's, I just think it's wild. I saw that and I just thought, mm, very, very wild shenanigans taking place and i just do hope that the kenyan leaders uh speak out about this and and actually want and and demand for better quality things better quality sanitary items to be provided to be available to um to africans because this is this is absolutely mad it's disgusting as far as i'm concerned um so that was my first so you mad my second so you mad uh is takashi 69 uh, God. So is he, I think he's in witness protection after he like snitched on everybody. Um, I'm sure they, I think they put him, they put him on house. Of, they did something with him. He's, he's holed away somewhere after saying all of the things that he said, him and his multicolored hair looking wild. So recently, uh, six, nine, uh, he decided to donate money 
So he was on Instagram Live talking about the fact that he's donated $200,000 um, to this uh, organization called No Kid Hungry. According to the website, No Kid Hungry um, is all about ending childhood hunger. Um, that's their primary focus. They do this by helping families who are struggling to feed their children, something that has increased since the pandemic um, has forced um, you know kids to stay out of school or to be out of school and put parents out of work. So uh, that's why, you know, that's why they exist to make sure that, you know, these children are provided, you know, with meals and things like that. So anyway, um, Takashi tweeted, or sorry, he posted on Instagram. He said, during this pandemic, I understand that we have nurses and frontline heroes who risk their life to, uh, daily to save others, but never forget the children and families who depend on our public schools for daily meals and nutrition to keep our future leaders growing to be their best potential. Uh, to every influencer out there, remember, if you are blessed, God gave, God gave you that blessing, not just for you, but also to help others. God first. So while, while I very much agree with that sentiment, a blessing is not a blessing unless you're blessing others, you know, while I very much see where he's coming from and I have no issue with what he wrote there on Instagram whatsoever, because it is true. No kid hungry turned around and they were like, um, they clearly believe that not all money is good money. So when they were asked to comment, they said, we are grateful for Mr. Hernandez's generous offer to donate to No Kid Hungry, but we have informed his representatives that we have declined this donation. As a child-focused campaign, it is our policy to decline funding from donors whose activities do not align with our missions and values. To which 6ix9ine responded on his Instagram, rather the, uh, take food out of the mouth of these innocent children. I never seen something so cruel. Well, the fans of 6ix9ine um, have been going on the page of No Kid Hungry and they've been typing, commenting L for declining the donation. It's um it's just oh it's just like can you not see why they don't want your money 69 can you not see why like it's not even like his b- behavior has necessarily um even changed um but he, and actually following on from that the another organization called Cooking for Kids, um, a nonprofit in Los Angeles. Um, they've um, apparently accepted his money. So, you know, I guess they, they've taken his money and that's fine. Like people can make their decisions in it. Everyone's free to make the decision that sits with their soul best. But I definitely see where No Kids Hungry were coming from. And I think that this is a very important thing as well, following on from what we were talking about um, last week. Do you want the shiny thing or do you want to vibrate higher? While I think it's wonderful that, um, you know, uh, 69 Takashi 69 wants to donate money in this way, 
sometimes you have to understand that through the things that you've done and the things that you're involved with, and it's not even like you've necessarily even changed your behavior because he's still moving mad online saying that he, he, yeah, I snitched and what, and what, and what. He's still doing all of these things. So he's still very much like bringing all of this kind of low vibrational, very negative energy around himself. And yeah, while he wants to donate and and give money to this thing, I do definitely see where the organization's coming from, where they're like, no, we have to have integrity with where we're getting our money from. And this is the decision that all of us need to make at some point in our lives. Like, you know, that the place that's providing you with this um, money, and it's probably like money that you could really, really use, you know that their politics and the things and their their behaviors aren't something that definitely that um, actually aligns with you. So you'll feel some type of way about it, and you don't necessarily um, want to align yourself with them and their practices. So you've got to make the choice: Do I take the money? Do I take the thing that I definitely feel like I wa- like I need and want? Um, Or do I walk away from it knowing that I'm staying true to what matters to me? And you know what? I, I'm of the opinion that I kind of, I definitely support what No Kids Hungry did. Like, I think that that was the thing that resonated with me most during this time. I don't, I'm not saying whether it was right or wrong or what the other people cooking for kids or whatever, you know, them accepting the money, like everyone do what you want to do in it. But the thing that resonates with me is what No Kids Hungry did. Like I would want to turn down that money because Takashi 69 has been involved in so much Higgy Hagar. Like to say that you've accepted that money from him and then obviously you he'll then want to publicize it that I did this thing for this organization and now you're linked with him. It just feels a bit uh, like if he truly wanted to donate um, and it's not a case of, you know, wanting to be out there to be seen donating because obviously that plays a role as well. You could have donated anonymously and they wouldn't have known that it was you. If you really wanted the money to get to them, you could have done it that way. But, you know, when people are aware that it's you donating, I can see why they would say no. And then saying, oh yeah, but this means that you're taking food out of children's mouths or you're not providing them with food. I thought that's what you were about, wanting to provide these children with food so they don't go hungry. Yes, that's definitely what we're about. And that's what we want to do. But if we focus on the fact that, yeah, well, it's this is the means to an end. This is a means to an end. There will always be means that make you feel funny about your end. There'll always be. So you've you've got to move right right now. Saying focusing on, oh, this is a means to an end is the way that so many atrocities have been justified throughout history. Oh, you know, the end will justify the means. Well, no, no, because essentially there is no end because that we life just continues, right? Life is a constant state of now. So there is no end. So what you're doing right now is the means that justify the means, like what you're doing right now. And if we say that there is an end, which is a piece um, of mind, a transcendence and an evolution, how is this means that you're doing right now going to justify the ends? How? It doesn't even look the same. You know, the, 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 our prayers are answered in the things that we do in the daily, you know, like it's, it's our habits that answer our prayers. It's miracles don't just kind of like literally drop out of the sky. We have to be active. We are the, we are the miracle. And it's the things that we do that 
you know, give us those moments where it looks like, oh man, I've been shown grace, I've been shown mercy, but it's also our habits that led us to that point. So the ends aren't always going to, the ends don't justify the means, the means justify the means. Yeah. Because there is really no end. So yeah, I just wanted to share that, um, little tidbit that I saw because I thought it was really, um, interesting in the way that he was basically feeling entitled to them taking, you know, you have to take my money. No, we don't want your money. Oh God, God, do my own. Let people be throwing money at me. Okay. Oh, okay. So my next, so you mad. I don't know if I've given her a straw before. I think I've given her a straw before, but basically Eniola Aluko, who I was really stressing my blood vessels to defend on this podcast when her um, teammates, of course she played for the England football team. I was really defending her. It's like she wants to persist in waywardness. Um, There is the speculation, strong speculation that I had based on the tweet that she put out about her hand, you know, wobbling over the um, ballot box or whatever that she voted Tory. But now with these other tweets that she had out this week, I'm even more inclined to be like, I think that this woman's voting very waywardly and behaving very waywardly. So she tweeted um, on the 12th of May, as expected, the same people baffled about what returning to work means are crystal clear and tweeting with joy uh, with the extension of furlough to October. Furlough is needed, but has perpetuated a culture of do nothing entitlement. Fam, that is so like if it wasn't like at one point I thought, has this girl's page been taken over by like a bot or, you know, a troll? Because what the fuck? As expected, the same people baffled about what returning to work means are crystal clear and tweeting with joy about the extension of furlough to October. What do you mean tweeting with joy about furlough being extended? First of all, if anybody is feeling some kind of joy or peace of mind from knowing that furlough is being extended to October, it's simply because they're still not sure when their industries are going to be back and, and, and working again and when they're going to be paid properly again. But also remember that they're going to drop how much they're supporting businesses um, on the furlough scheme with to 60%, where it was 80% before that they were willing to cover of people's wages. They're now dropping it to 60% that the government will cover of people's wages. So where is the company that wasn't actually open going to find more money, now find 40% instead of 20% to be able to pay um, their staff or, you know, their f- staff is just going to have to manage with 60% because the their company isn't going to be able to p- provide them with that extra bit. So I think that you're not understanding that words mean things any, like, I think that you're really struggling and you're allowed to understand words and how they mean things. And this culture of do nothing entitlement, that is such dog whistle terminology. Like who the fuck do you think you are? Who is, what is the culture of do nothing entitlement? Who is actually in our community, in our, in our society doing nothing? Everybody has to do something and people are doing the best that they can with a government that is just so opposed to our growth and our, like our happiness. So then the second tweet goes, um, I think somebody said to her, well, people are dying any, something like that. And she said, well, unfortunately, death is a daily occurrence in all parts of the world before the crisis. When people were dying in other parts of the world before the crisis, did you stop working? Probably not. Oh, wow. 
Wow. Wow. Wow. Wow. Okay. So somebody needs to sit our good sis down and explain to her what a pandemic is or, you know, what this virus actually is and why it is that people needed to stop working so as to stop the virus from spreading. You know, yes, it might be frustrating that you had to stop working, but, you know, people were trying to stop more people dying. Like that was the point of all of this. So to turn around and go, well, people die every day, B, is basically what she's saying. I just think that it's so callous. It's so callous. And like, where have you reached in your life that you feel someone, I think somebody mentioned that her parents are um, a governor in Nigeria or whatever, but you have to be so entitled yourself to turn around and look at other people and try to come up with, or oh, pull yourself up by the bootstraps, um, rhetoric who the fuck are you what the fuck are you saying like what are you saying how are you so out of touch with what's happening in your own society like how are you missing this like if i didn't even see her face um or know that this had come from her page i'd think it's one upper middle class white woman just moving mad online like i would not have thought that this is what somebody of nigerian heritage would be just spewing um on social media like what are you talking about it <laughs> so then um obviously a few hours later after she got dragged back and forth she now had to apologize and i use that uh, term apology so so loosely because it says here Ex-England international uh, player, football player, Eniola Aluko has apologised after posting a series of tweets appearing to criticise people placed on the government's furlough scheme amid the coronavirus pandemic. Oh. Aston Villa's women's sporting director said it created a do-nothing mentality and a culture of entitlement. The scheme, now extended until October, sees employees receive 80% of their monthly wages up to £2,500. She has since deleted several posts and apologised for any offence caused. Wow. You know, sometimes um, I just think that even a broken clock is right two times a day. Yeah, even a broken clock is correct two times a day. And when your teammates on the England team were saying that you're not a team player, I was there saying that, ah, 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 this is, you know, this is microaggression. This is what they like to say about black women and da, 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 da. Sometimes even these racist people are right. Sometimes you're not a team player. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes they have a point because... I can't imagine dealing with this kind of wayward thinking on my team every every single day. Like I would be pissed off too, even if I thought that you had a point with the um, our coach and the madness that he was doing. I don't even know if I'll support you because I can now see that you're mad. I can very much see that you're very mad. So um, she then said. Um, I think she put her page on private and then she came back and opened up her page again, made it public. And she said, um, in a state, uh, she said, opening up my tweets this morning to say, sorry for any offense caused by any of my tweets on furlough last night. The tweets seem to, uh, that seem to have upset people the most have been deleted. I have no interest in being a source of further public upset. 
She added, no generalizations or widespread offense was intended, just a personal opinion on the future economy in this crisis. This account will now be private and views as always remain my own. So (laughs) never, this kind of apology, basically she said, look, I said what I said. Yeah. And I didn't know that you hoes were so sensitive and in your feelings. Going forward, I'm going to make my page private. So when I say my wayward things, I'm saying it to people who understand that I'm saying my wayward things and they're my views and I've locked my page. Okay, bye hoes. Like, there is no remorse there. There is no remorse. And what what concern do you have for the economy and the crisis that's going to take place? What, what concern do you have there? You're so desperate for people to get back to work. Yeah, get back to work And the people that are dying disproportionately From this virus are people who look the fuck like you You dickhead They look exactly like you They're the ones who are who are disproportionately dying from this virus But oh, no one should be excited about the furlough scheme Get back to work Get back to work Pull yourself up by the bootstraps Get back to work You do nothing entitled motherfuckers God It breaks my heart to When I, you know, come across people moving this mad Um, because there are many people on the furlough scheme. And and, then that's ultimately, I think, why she got dragged because, you know, white people are in the mix of what she's saying as well. So they came for her clerk. Um, But failing to understand that the people who are, like I said, disproportionately dying from this virus um, and the effect of all of this, as we'll go on to talk about very, very shortly, are black people. Literally, they're people that look like you and you're like, what the fuck are you saying? Like, why? how are you so out of touch with what's happening in society that you don't understand why the furlough scheme might, it's a good thing that maybe it has been, that it has been extended because people do need to stay at home because the people who are dying are much more closer to home than you fucking think. Yeah. Take a moment to have some compassion. I don't know where you've grown up that's taking you so out and made you so out of touch with what's happening in the rest of your community. But baby girl, yeah, you need to really fix the fuck up, fix the fuck up, like pattern up, pattern the fuck up. So, um, yeah, um, I just wanted to share that. And is that it for my So You Mad? Yeah, looks like that's that for my So You Mad. Um, let's move on then to Straw of the Week, aka Suck Your Mum. So I've got a letter first. Let me go to one of my letters. I've got two letters, but I'll start with uh, this one. Start with this one. So it says here, Dear Kelechi, hello. Hope you and your family are doing well in these insane times. I want to keep this as short as possible, so I'm just going to get straight into it. I would like to nominate the rude customer service workers for a segment on So You Mad, but no, I've actually moved it to suck your mum after reading the letter, um, and shed some light on something that's really broken my heart of late. I'm sure a lot of us with immigrant parents or migrant parents can relate to this, unfortunately. I've really been disgusted and annoyed to see how people, especially those in customer service, have been treating my beautiful and hardworking mother. Some context here. My mother is Northern Nigerian and moved to the UK with us 15 years ago. Seeing as she moved when she was an adult, she still has a very strong and beautiful Northern Nigerian accent. However, I've noticed that because she is black and immigrant with an accent, a woman and a visible Muslim, she wears hijab, 
Whenever she is at a restaurant or on the phone to any company trying to make a query, the people who work there are very quick to disregard her and not take her seriously, as if somehow her accent, skin, colour and religion means she deserves to be stripped of her humanity and not be treated like the human and paying customer that she is. Or if not, they talk down to her and treat her like she's stupid or a child. I know this might seem like a small thing to some, but this is just a very small portion of a larger soup of disrespect. I like that, a larger soup of disrespect. It's already difficult being a black woman in this very racist, very sexist society. However, having an undesirable accent and wearing a hijab also, the disrespect my mother has to chop on a daily basis is really making me consider going full little fires everywhere and burning down everything. Ooh, girl. I used to think I was tripping and overreacting. However, for example, if she's speaking to a waiter at a restaurant or talking to someone over the phone and they're being rude to her or unhelpful, as soon as me or any of my other siblings step in, we have grown up in the UK, so have British accents, the issue is immediately resolved. My very good friend is Ghanaian. She moved to the UK in the last five years and again has a Ghanaian accent. The same thing happens to her. When we are at restaurants, the workers are very dismissive. She often has to ask me to... make phone call queries on her behalf because she says they don't take me seriously here. This needs to stop. As I'm writing this to you, I'm holding back many tears because it hurts so badly to see my mother being treated less um, treated less than just because of the preconceived notions people have of those with undesirable accents. And she's put that in inverted commas. She's not saying that it's undesirable. She's saying that this is what people think. I put on, oh, she goes on to explain. I put undesirable in quotes because I'm very proud to be Nigerian and there's nothing undesirable about how she speaks. Your podcast has done wonders for, with helping me to find my voice and use my voice to stick up for my mother whenever I deep the foolery these people try to cast on her. So I just wanted to shed light on this issue and encourage everyone who is able to, to speak up for and protect those of us who have moved over here recently and are not able to assimilate as is um, as easily as those of us who have been here for generations or the majority of our lives. Sorry, it's so long. I just want to let you know that I really appreciate not um, you not only as the baby girl that you are, but for always speaking up for black Muslim women also and making me feel seen. It honestly means a lot. Sending positive thoughts and love your way. Kind regards, a very tired 20-something-year-old black woman and her siblings. Oh, don't be tired. Don't be tired, love. I'm sending you a... Um, a podcast hug. Yeah. And I'm sending a a hug to your mum as well, because these people are fucking mad. And yes, we see it all the time. Even when our parents try to do up, you know, that heightened, um, English Nigerian accent, like my mum's got one when she's on the phone. She's like, hello. Yes. 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 Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, no, no. What I'm really husking (laughs) the H factor. No, but even when they're trying to assimilate, even when they're trying to um, anglicize their accent as much as possible to appease these motherfuckers, it still doesn't appease them. And it's just interesting to me, um, the colonial nature of accents and what people think are deem as sexy and desirable accents, because it's all so Eurocentric. It's all so focused um, around whiteness. Even when we, for some reason, I think about Sofia Vergara, um, Vergara or Viraga? You know, the one from Modern Family. Um, And I think about the way that she puts on her accent that's meant to be what? Spanish? Or well, and be this fiery, sexy Latina. And 
almost acting like a dunce, like an like very dumb the whole time. And it, it it's a there's something about how accents are sexualized as well for these purposes. And when they're stereotyping you in one way, it's not to, it might even look like a positive stereotype, but no stereotype is really positive because like Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie says, like it's a singular narrative. It isn't all of you. And, and that is for a reason because you, it's almost too, to dehumanize you in that sense. Everyone loves a French accent. They'll be like, oh my God, that French accent is so sexy. We, 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 and they love it. But then you pop, you bop to this country with your Nigerian accent and suddenly everyone's talking to you mad. You bop into this country and have um, an East Asian accent and everyone's talking to you mad. Yeah. So it's, it's just interesting to me, the, the, the Eurocentric notion of what is a sexy accent, because to me, yuck, I find the, all of them accents yuck as far as I'm concerned. My favorite accent are Nigerian accents. The myriad of accents that we have from all the ethnicities in Nigeria, I love all of them. But yeah, I I, I just love, um, honestly, the complexities in um, and the nuances and just the, 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 just the, the little bits that you pick up in the, the way people speak as an actor. I really enjoy it. Like I, I love to see what, what they do with their T's, what they do with their R's and how, how, what happens with the S and the B and the V sometimes when people are talking and, and the natural cadence and the timber in the people's voices and what they do with it. It's, it's so beautiful. There's, there's a, there's an entire world that you need to create if you were trying to um imitate someone or whatever like there's so much that goes into our voices like our voices our accents tell so many stories even before the words that we you know the words that we say the the story lies in um how those words are formed in our mouth because that is a, that is an entire history in and of itself so it's so ludicrous to me that people fail to see that because all they care about is, oh, this accent's sexy and this accent means you're intelligent because they're centering it around themselves. And that's what's so sad about it. So yeah, you do find like, even when I would, you know, go out with my mum or whatever, and you go to restaurants and places and the moment they hear a Nigerian accent, suddenly waiters are talking mad loud. Like, um, sorry, madam, what would you, what, what would you like? Is it option one or option two? And I'm just thinking she's Nigerian. She's not fucking deaf. Like, you know, she's what, what is this? You know, you don't have to shout. Why are you shouting? Why are you shouting? You know, you, it's, it's the kind of inferences and the assumptions that people make around accents and, they don't even stop to question themselves as to how they've made those assumptions. Just because I can't speak your language, but fam, you can't speak mine either. So to each other, you know, we're both dumb. Behave yourself. All of these kind of things that make people look cool, like, oh my God, I speak 70, 76 billion languages. I speak French, I speak Spanish, and I speak this and I speak that. Do you speak Yoruba? No. Okay, cool. Because when I deep that, yeah, when I was in school and people would be boasting about the other languages that they'd speak and they'd never count like your language, like if you spoke Yoruba, Igbo, if you spoke any of your languages from where your your family's from, that never counted to the wonderful languages that the people were impressed that you could speak because to them it it wasn't a language worth knowing. But 
That's why we can cuss you out so comfortably and live our best lives because you don't understand, you dickheads. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's truly, truly mad that this happens. And I don't see it stopping anytime soon, but the joke is on them. The joke is on them because of their limited um, understanding of the world around them. But thank you so much for writing in and thank you for being so meticulous and sending it in PDF format as well. I love all of that. Love it. So yeah, second letter then. My second letter um, is, yeah, this one is also my straw. So um, thank you, D. It says here, hi, Kelechi. I hope you and your beauty f- beautiful family are well in this time. I have never written before, but have felt an overwhelming urge to when I saw this. I would like to nominate the dirty, filthy, sorry excuse of a man who spat at a rail worker, knowing full well that he had coronavirus. She subsequently died, leaving behind her 11-year-old daughter and family. Belly Mujinga went to work that morning to earn a living and contracted the virus when she and her colleague were spat at. They both fell ill shortly after. However, Belly shortly passed away after being on a ventilator. I have not seen anything about the vile creation being prosecuted for her death, but I mean, why would they? Um, or why would he? Belly is just another black person, another statistic. We all know black lives um, are not worthy. I'm sure said investigations will lead to nothing. A huge fuck you to the perpetrator. Not only did he have the audacity to spit at someone, which in, in, of, in and of itself is inexcusable, but did so with so much malice, knowing that he had the virus. He knew that it would kill her and proceeded. I pray that he never has a peaceful day in his life. He is tormented by his actions in every waking moment. And if not punished in this life, God will punish, um, God will see to him in the next. Fuck this government for not providing Belly with the adequate PPE that would have saved her. Every single one of them can suck their mum with a corona infested straw. I have no doubt if Belly was white, there would be retribution. Belly feared going to work because of the lack of protection and was refused um, and was refused when asked if she could wear a mask. This has upset me so much. I pray that God looks after Belly's family in this difficult time and may Belly's soul rest in eternal peace. Amen. Thank you, D. Thank you. Yeah, that was actually going to be one of my straws um, of the week. Um, a massive fuck you again to the government. A massive fuck you to Boris Johnson, Dominic, Matt Hancock, all of their um, scientists that they're being led by. All of you can suck your mothers, you absolute dickhead, you pricks. And I'll be saying it forever in a day because what the fuck. And this goes, ties in so neatly with what I was saying about Enya Luko's tweet about people um, do nothing entitlement, getting excited because they're going to stay longer on furlough. This is what I'm stressing. Can you not understand that people who look like you, fam, people who look like your mother, yeah, are dying, are dying out there because they're being exposed disproportionately to this virus because of the work that they find themselves doing because of the, you know, this is it. Their life situations mean that these are the jobs that they are doing, which makes them more susceptible to it. But you and your brethren, and I imagine that you've got a lot of white brethren as well. You don't have to feel the repercussions of this. You are insulated in a way that people who look like you aren't like you are being made an exception. And because of that exception, that exceptionalism is getting to your head and you're forgetting that there are people out there 
again, I'm stressing who look like you, look like your family who are dying and you're out here making very, very stupid statements in the wake of all of this. And, you know, this 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 story, this, ex, you know, what happened to Belly Mujinga is recent and it was happening around the time that you were writing your tweet and you you didn't put two and two together and think maybe I should shut my mouth during this time because this is what people are going back to work to do so again while we're seeing people who are tweeting about oh um I want my cleaner to come back to work. I want teachers to get back to schools. So, you know, so we, you know, my, my child can learn and this can happen and that can happen. You want to put other people at risk for what? What are you so desperate to get back to, to get back to work for? What are you so desperate to get these children out of the house for? Oh, teachers also need to step up the way that our NHS heroes have. Again, I'm telling you about this pussy clock war terminology that you lot keep using. Teachers, step up where? To, to walk the plank. Step step up where? To do what? To do what? Are the teachers not doing things? Are the teachers not um, helping your children through these online classes, these learning classes? Why do you need them to come to the school? You want them to come back in because you're tired of looking after your children. You don't want to see your children's face anymore. So you want to pass them off, palm them off and be like, you know what, teachers, you get on with it you do what you're doing. I'm not even saying that what you've been experiencing isn't exhausting. But when people are coming online, when white women, white middle-class women are coming online talking about, oh, you know, cleaners need to get back to work and, you know, so someone can help me clean my household because I've got my husband and my kids here and they're not doing anything and I'm having to do everything for myself. You're the one that chose to marry a waste man. You chose to marry a waste man, you need to take that up with patriarchy. If you want to a refund, take it up with patriarchy. Yeah. It's not us that you need to come and bring your wahala to. You don't need to come and now make the cleaner susceptible to whatever is happening in your household. They've got families too. They've got families that they need to care for too. If you are so concerned about, oh, I want them to start making a money because I'm thinking about them as well. And this is a feminist issue. You should just give them the money. Just give them the money and let them stay in their house and keep themselves safe. They don't need to come to your household and start helping you because you've got a whatless husband and you've got whatless children. Uh, it still blows my mind, honestly, when people talk about the fact that they have to, you know, um, encourage their husband and their partner, their cis um, male partner, to 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 contribute to the household and do some work. How did how did you end? What well, I understand how you ended up marrying a man child. I really do. Like I said, like patriarchy has done the number on so, so many people. But at the same time, I just have to be grateful, I guess, because I I, I don't know that emotion. I, I don't know that emotion. You know, like in my household, we just do what needs to be done. There is no kind of, you know, you do this one day, I do this another day. Like fam, if it needs to be done, we've both got sense. We get it done. Whether it's washing, whether it's cooking, we both bang at cooking. We both bang at cleaning the house. So we would just do it. I don't understand. How the fuck did you marry someone that's sitting there and watching you drag the hoover up and down, up and down, up and down for 40 minutes. And he's saying, oh, love, could you move out of the way? Could you move out of the way? I'm watching the reruns of Man United playing in 1993. And if you stand there, I can't see what Giggs is doing. I don't even know if Giggs was playing in 99. I am so sorry for that if that's an inaccuracy, but you get my point. 
your your husband and your children are stretching leg and you're and you're and you're cleaning and you're doing nights and you're working from home and then now instead of addressing the people in your rascal at home you're turning around and saying oh well i want this marginalized community that are known to be doing this work i want them to come and risk their life and come and clean my household no everyone should stay in their house you stay in your house and the cleaners will stay in theirs and if you're really really concerned about them earning money and making an income just give them the money and still continue cleaning your house but how can i explain you to clean your house when you don't want to clean your legs yeah how can i expect you to have the wherewithal to clean your house when you don't even have the wherewithal to just add a little piece of smoked paprika into your food i don't know and it's just really interesting to me that these are the people that you lot are calling low-skilled workers low-skilled workers come back come back look at how you all need these allegedly low-skilled workers they're not lowly skilled they're just lowly paid and that is the problem they're not valued the way that they should be valued and we've got to look at language and i said this on my instagram and post and i was so surprised that it so many people watched it, honestly, because I was just saying what I would normally say in stories. I wanted that to be on my page so people understood where I, you know, where I stand on a lot of these things. Although somebody decided to DM me and say, oh, I, I watched your rant. I really fucking hate when anyone refers to what I'm saying as a rant or, and most especially when non-black people, especially white women refer to what I'm saying as a rant, like it might seem incoherent and impassioned and wild to you and angry to you. And yes, I have a right to be angry and it's impassioned. Yes, but I'm not some incoherent savage. Choose your words carefully. Yeah. Mind out before you find out. Anyway, I'd already shared this on my story, but I just think that language is so, so important when we're talking about these things. And I just never to conflate the two, but I just think that if we were looking at the same narrative, during the times of slavery, right? We were told that the enslaved Africans, we would have been told that the enslaved Africans were low skilled workers. Well, they can't do anything else because they're just dumb and they're savages and they're barely human. So that's why they're doing this job. But the thing is, if they fucking stopped doing that job right now, you would not have an industrial revolution. You would have nothing. You wouldn't have all of the things that you have now, you cumberbatches and you bookers and all of you, um, you, you all of your names and you lions and all of all of your names. Yeah. None of you that have this generation wealth would have that now if it wasn't for these people that you were calling low-skilled workers all those you know decades and centuries ago so that was a vastly different like that that's on the major scale to me that's on a massive major major scale but what I'm looking at there is just the way that language would have been used there like they're not deserving of um not being um enslaved they don't deserve um freedom because you know they don't know anything and they haven't got many skills anyway that's why they're doing this thing but if my if by virtue the thing that I'm doing you cannot live without you need to shut your fucking mouth that makes it a skill yeah and we're all differently skilled imagine if we were all skilled in one thing yeah we're all differently skilled but due to the very very um intricate and beautiful nature of um life we all need each other so someone now jumped in, into my comments and were like oh while i think that everybody should be valued i do think that um i i just wonder if um how a doctor would be um same skilled as um as like a, a road sweeper or whatever example that they gave and i always hate those kind of comparisons because it seems like these things are polarities you first of all you don't know the road sweeper story you don't know anything right but they all have different skills if you told the doctor to come and do what the road sweeper is doing in a day he, they wouldn't be able to same way if you flipped it the road sweeper wouldn't be able to do the um the um the doctor's job yes it takes years for um 
people to become um, doctors. And yes, we understand that. That's a different skill. That is a skill that requires lots and lots of time. And for that reason, things are done and people are paid differently and all of that. But if the road sweeper, for instance, stopped doing that job that they're doing, it would affect the doctor. It would affect the doctor. And the doctor mummy, um, um, Rhea Charles, she gave a very, very brilliant example. And she said, like, as much as the um, doctors and nurses are getting the praise during this time for everything that's happening, it's the housekeepers for the, um, at the NHS, you know, everyone else that's work, everyone else um, that's working in the, the NHS that is also deserving of praise. Because if they didn't do the job that they're doing, if these, port, um, these porters and all of these people weren't doing the things that they need to be doing, these cleaners weren't doing the job that they were um, that they need to be doing. The doctors wouldn't be able to do theirs. Infection rates would be even worse. You know, everything would be mad. So we all need each other, and it's not about being there being a hierarchy to skills. We're just differently skilled. We all have different skills, and the only reason we've been told to believe in a hierarchy is so as to uphold capitalism and to uphold white supremacist patriarchy. That is the only reason that these hierarchies exist. I promise you. So when you're saying to me, I don't understand what race has to do with this, baby girl, it's not me that will now sit down with you and start explaining to you what race has to do with any of this that is your learning to do that's your homework to do that's got nothing to do with me and so that's when I look at this situation with Mbeli Mujinga this is gross negligence on on the part of the government so when they're coming and trying to get us to celebrate with them about oh well more people could have died you're lucky that more people didn't die and we took action when we did you took action three months later than you were meant to at least three months later than you were meant to so don't be coming here looking for a pat on the back when you weren't doing the work that you needed to be doing in the first place so again boris boris kansaki's mum Matt Hancock can suck his mom. Dominic Rab or Rabe or whatever the fuck he calls himself, he can suck his mom. This man that spat at Belly Mujinga, knowing that he was well, saying that he had coronavirus, this man is a terrorist. He's a terrorist and he can suck his mother. Everybody can go and suck their mums that were involved in the disproportionate death of black people during this pandemic. Yeah, like we say, the virus is the virus. Corona is the virus, but racism racism is the pandemic because look at look at what's happening right now look at the people who are dying and at the rates that they're dying r.i.p like rest in peace um to belly mujinga and and i hope that there there are people who can gather around your daughter your 11 year old daughter and provide her with the protection and the love that she needs during this time and forevermore because it's absolutely wild that our families are putting themselves in so many precarious situations all because they need to earn a living. And other people are talking about, ah, oh, well, everyone should be getting back to work. For what? What are you going back to do necessarily? Why is why the rush? The government had said that they had a five pillar plan or whatever the fuck that needs to be met before people can, before they can ease lockdown. They haven't met any of these pillars. I think they've only met two at most. And they're already like, well, two, two out of five ain't bad. Everybody get out, go start going back to work. Economy, 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 economy for the sake of the economy. Meanwhile, Jeff Bezos or whatever is now um, close to becoming a trillionaire because of how much everyone's been buying during this time. And, you know, I look at that and as, um, as well, and I just think to myself, rah, trillionaire. And him, same Warren Buffett, all of them, man, Bill Gates, they're very, very interested in um, this uh, philanthrocapitalism, very, very interested in biochem, um, bio, um, biomedicine or whatever it's called, um, 
uh, it's gone out of my biotech biotechnology they're very very interested in that right now and i and from what i've read jeff is um he's invested in a company that is looking to stop aging or to slow aging right down so to me he's trying to avoid death and that's what always happens when people earn this amount of money they start looking for immortality and that is the biggest gag in all of this that it's only your soul that's immortal it's only your soul that's incapable of um you know, dying, every other part of you, you've got to understand that you are just a human. You're just another aspect to God expressing the divinity. Um, it's, you know, it's divinity through us. Like you just got to understand that the same way the leaves fall from the tree. We all have our time, like behave yourself, but no, no, he's trying to age. Um, he's trying to stop aging and it's mad, but I, I'm just, so infuriated the 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 energy that they're trying to put into finding this man who spat at belly bunjinga um i don't know if they've got the energy to to do it properly because we are dealing with a terrorist somebody that knew that they had um the virus stated that they had the virus spat who is even spitting at people in this day and age who is even spitting at people from just on the spit alone whether the whether the spit is corona infested or not yeah just for the fact that you spat at me alone i will take your penis in my hand and i will punch it into your testicles continuously continuously until you pass out yeah the police will find both of us there because i will rock you to the ground i'll beat you in a way that you haven't been beaten before because what madness what I would have jumped, jumped over those turnstiles. I don't even, I wouldn't even have to be belly. I would have jumped over those, those turnstiles just to rock the person just out of principle. But the fact that it was virus on top of that, absolutely wild, absolutely wild. I, I, I'm still struggling to like, believe it. When I saw it, I just thought to myself, wow. And go via Thames link. You are going to, you are going to jail or you're going to have to part with a shitload of money. The government's saying that they're going to provide 60 grand to the families of people who, um, um, you know, family of frontline workers or whoever who have died um, during this pandemic as a result of this pandemic from, you know, being on the front line, as they like to call it, they're going to give them 60 grand. What the fuck is 60 grand going to do for anybody? What the fuck is 60 grand going to do for anybody? 60 grand is some bullshit. There can't even be a price on anybody's life, but you're being very insulting by even saying that you're going to pro provide a paltry 60 grand. What the fuck? 60 grand for what? Go for your Thames link, who are the company that um, Belly Mujinga was working for. They need to be sued for everything that they've got. They now they need to be sued so much that their name changes to Mujinga Thames link or whatever the fuck, because all of their money, all of their money, take all of their money. Why? Because she was 47 years old, working on the concourse at Victoria Station. She said to you on that morning of the 22nd of March, when that man spat at her, she said to you, the guy spat in my face, said that he had coronavirus. Um, she was shaken. She was, you know, upset. She was everything. She had to work without protection, without PPE. She had to do all of this. When all of this happened and she told you, you still told her to go back on the concourse. You still told her to go back to work. So even if, it, like I said, it wasn't a corona inf um, infested anything, it wasn't this, it wasn't that, yeah? The fact that 
this woman has just been assaulted. She's been assaulted while she's doing her job. That is enough for you to say, you know what? I think you need to go home for your mental health, for your emotional health, for what's just happened. Please go home, fully paid, you know, take your time, you know, because what's just happened is an, is an assault. Take your time. This will be reported. You know, it has to be reported to the police. All of them things there. Please take your time. Go home and, you know, and rest. You didn't do that. You told her to go back on the concourse and continue working because that's how valuable black people's lives are to you. Go back and continue working and it will never be well with anybody that made that decision. It will never be well with the company and it will never be well with the employer or the employee that said that she should go back to work. Fuck all of you. Suck your mum. Yeah. So she now had to return to work. She begged um, her and a colleague, the, the colleague that also got spat out. She said the colleague said that they begged to not have to go back out there, that their lives are in danger. But they were told, nope, they have to go out. Um, they were told that they're not allowed to wear masks. Um, and clearly, as far as we can see, that means that the um, company have failed in their duty of care. Um, uh, the person went on to say, the colleague went on to say, she shouldn't have been sent out without any PPE. We want justice for Belly. They need to find a person who did it and the company should compensate her family. Her daughter doesn't have a mother anymore. They should protect those who are left. And that is true. Um, they went on to say... Um, the managing director of Southern Railway and whatever, whatever said, we take any allegations extremely seriously and we're investigating these claims. Of course you are, you dickheads. Says the safety of our customers and staff who are key workers themselves continues to be front of our mind at all times. And we follow the latest government advice. We urge people only to travel if it's absolutely essential. What the fuck are you saying? What does that even mean during this time? What 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 is that saying? The fact is the guy was traveling because he thought it was essential and then he spat in her face. So what are, what are your statements even? What does that even mean? What does that mean? And you're following government advice and then the government is following scientific advice. So everybody is the blind just leaving the blind. Everyone's going to fall down eventually. Nobody knows where they're going. And she goes on, a spokeswoman for Govia um, said that um, the official government advice at the time was that PPE for our staff was not required. So you're telling me that you don't have common sense. So you needed the government to tell you to provide PPE for your employees before you provided it. So does the government need to tell you that they should be provided tissue in the toilet too? Does the, does, does the government need to tell you that? You absolute pomplex. So um, she goes, um, we are regularly briefed. Uh, we regularly, we have regularly briefed our people to keep washing their hands and to socially distance as far as possible while working. Um, okay. So they should socially distance. None of that is addressing what happened right now, though, because if you just provided, let them wear masks, all of this would have been avoided. If you just let them wear masks, all of this would have been avoided. That's literally it. Nobody was asking you to go and get a hazmat suit or anything. They just said, let us just have small, small masks. And that wasn't, that wasn't the case. So to me, it's absolutely mad. And Boris Johnson also needs to suffer for this. He's the one that should be held accountable. The government should be held accountable. And go for your Thames link. All of them man should be held accountable because this can't run. And it's it makes it even worse, right? Because my next straw goes out to the little white boy, or they called him a white boy. As far as I'm concerned, he's a man. Because when we're referring to Tamir Rice and his young self, that he was, they, you know, they, he was being referred to as a man. And he was a very, very young boy when he was um, killed by um, police. This is a man 
because they love to infantilize white males when they do very, very violent, nasty things. The white man who decided to send a tweet, um, was it a tweet or um, Instagram message to um, Ian Wright? Everything is linked because for some reason, white people seem to think that this is a joke. They seem to think that this is okay to kind of send wild things to um, black people. And they think that it's hilarious. Like where does a boy, as they call it, learn all of that rhetoric, learn all of that racist rhetoric? Where does it come from? You know, that's what blows my mind in all of this. So um, in case you didn't know what happened to um, Ian Wright, I'm just bringing it up now. Uh, Where is it? Um, Hold on. Where is Ian Wright, right, right. Sorry, I just wanted to share that. I just happened to scroll past a um, thing that I saw about... um, Eva and her nonsense that she said um, during Real Housewives of Atlanta reunion and she not wanting to be called out about her colorism. That girl is mad. So it says here, a teenage boy has handed himself into police after Ian Wright shared racist messages he received online. Yes, here we go. So a teenage boy, as they like to call him, um, It says here, the former Arsenal and England striker, 56 years old, posted the Instagram messages to his 1.7 million Twitter followers yesterday. Yeah, it was Twitter. He wrote, I know I'm not meant to look at them, but these messages still hit me so hard, man. This is a child. This kid has a direct line into me and is able to send this without any worry. The messages included a number of racist terms and one of them that read, if I get corona, I will cough in your face. So you, can we just take a moment there? Because Belly Mujinga has now passed away because um, a disgusting white man spat in her face, saying that he had corona, did what he did, spat in her face. Yeah, that's happened. And then we've got a boy, as they call him, who is online, sees Ian Wright, a black man, minding his business, because that's all Ian Wright ever does, just minds his business, and he, this white boy is sending him messages like, "When if I get corona, I'll cough in your face. Why would you want to do that? Why would you want to do that? And this is what I'm, I feel like there is this, people talk about racism like as if, oh, you know, it's another generation. It's the older generation. No, because you're raising children and your children are buying into this rhetoric because they see how you're behaving on a day-to-day basis and they're absorbing all of that as the norm. To think that you can go to a big man's page, a big man's page and go and write that, ah, Oh, the Nigerian in me was about to come out. Woo, lordy. It says here, yesterday, Irish police said a male adult teenager, you're saying bare things there. You could have just said a male adult. Male adult teenager presented themselves voluntarily at a police station in Ireland and was interviewed. A file is now being prepared for the Irish Director of Public Prosecutions. The force said no official complaint had been made, but they're still looking into the matter. Instagram also confirmed it's investigating the account in question. Wright received an outpouring of support from fans and fellow stars after revealing the messages, with his original post getting 20,000 retweets. He thanked them in another post, which read, Thanks, everyone everyone for your kind and supportive messages. I'm normally better at ignoring it, but that one got to me. There has to be consequences. Each one to each one. Peace and love. 
show racism, the red card um, chief executive um, condemned the abuse. He said, Ian Wright has put his head above, above the parapet again. And I saw him on match of the day with Gary Lineker a few weeks ago talking about the racist abuse he suffered as a player. It shows racism is society's problem. And unfortunately, it has been on the rise. People have been staying at home, but it doesn't stop them abusing people on social media. And this is a shocking example of that. Um, then we've got former Aston Villa forward Gabriel Aguanlao, who um, was also sent an abusive and racist message on Instagram with Kick It Out calling for those who targeted him and right to be punished. The anti-racism group said in a statement, we are appalled during this very trying time by the disgraceful abuse directed at Ian Wright and Gabriel Aguanlao and their families. Racial hate speech and violent threats are totally unacceptable, but have become sadly normalized on social media. Um, It's just wild as far as I'm concerned. And I really, really like that Ian Wright waited until he was on No Signal, the radio station, the black radio station, to speak about this. And he said, I think my brother was telling me that Ian Wright said that one thing he regrets is that when he was kind of like, in the height of his career, he was um, um, asked by, or he was encouraged by publicists and management and everyone to kind of stay away from like black things and black events and like black um, platforms and things like that because, you know, they, they didn't want him to be too black. And that still happens in this day and age, you know, would you believe it? I know that there are people who, you know, there are a number of people, in fact, who they DM me on the low, like so many different kind of like celebrities and people that we see, black celebrities and um, black um, public figures who DM me on the low um, and, you know, say that they enjoy my stuff, but they can't be seen to be interacting with me publicly. And I just think that that's interesting that this is where racism has gotten to, that other black people are staying away from me publicly, even though they enjoy the things that I do and support the things that I do, but they can't be seen to be supporting the things that I do because then then, then they're too black, then they're not going to get the opportunities. And that is why racism is fucked. And that is why unless we fully like live our lives with our entire chest, things like this will continue to happen. But, you know, eventually Ian Wright saw the light. Haha, <laughs> that rhymed. Um, he saw the light and he was just like, no, nah, you know, I'm, I'm a black man. I'm a black man. And, I, and they can clearly see from my, my, my face and my body that I'm a black man. And, you know, I, I'm not going to try and just pretend I'm not to make white people feel better, you know, to feel at ease, no longer at ease. They can piss off, you know, they, they can actually piss off. But, what got me the most about this um, nonsense is that this white boy who sent Ian Wright the abuse went on Instagram um, and said, oh, I, ap- I apologize. What did he write here? I've got to read it word for word because I want to slap his face. He says here, um, apology video coming. I can't express how sorry I am and how much regret I have. There's no excuse. Sorry, Ian. Yes, it's true. I wasn't hacked. I am now facing the consequences and potentially looking at a criminal record. And this is how whiteness operates. You DM somebody. Nobody begged you to. You DM'd a man, a black man minding his business. And you said, if I get coronavirus, I'm going to spit in your face. That is a threat. That is a hate crime. As far as I'm concerned, that is what you sent to this person. That's malicious communications. That is what you sent. Now that you're facing a criminal record, you now want to 
implement your whiteness in this situation. Load up your whiteness and be like, I could be facing a criminal record. And you know what? You should face it with all of your face, your eyes, your nostrils, your lips, your throat. Everything should face that criminal record. It should enter into your face. That is what you should get. But no, 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 no. White boys, white children, we don't, we, we, we don't want to give them criminal records. It can ruin their future. Mm, but let's think of the number of black children that you've ruined their future. So you're clearly only saving these um, the, the, these these criminal records and these prison um, sentences and everything. You save that for the black children because white children deserve better. They deserve a second chance. That's the way that you see it. So he wrote that and then he went on to say... Um, Oh, uh, he posted that he's got an apology video coming out. Stop messaging me, please. But you're the one that came to come and show yourself. And you're talking about stop messaging me, please. And he's got 16, now he's got 16.9 thousand followers. He might have more, way more by the time this episode comes out. But look at how people are so desperate to go and pour out their love for their fellow racists. It still brings me back to the whole... um, mother of demons incident, how this woman can do something and be driven by racism for the type of um, women that she would target here and there and how she behaved towards other mummy bloggers and stuff. But every other piece that you see written about the incident, they're talking about, but which one of us haven't felt the pressures of being a mum on social media? So she did this thing. Oh, oh, when is she coming back on social media? She just did this little thing. When is she coming back? Because what that tells me is that you too are capable of doing something so despicable. You too are also capable of doing something equally racist and equally violent. Because why have all of these people now flocked to go and follow this boy? Why have over 17,000 people now gone to go and follow this boy. For what reason? And next thing we know, he'll have his own um, YouTube show. Then he'll have his own TV show. Then he'll be headlining at Glastonbury or whatever the fuck. The thing is, when white people behave in a racist manner, it's very, very easy for them to fail upwards. You know, we call it out, we call it out, we show outrage and it's like, boom, they get catapulted into another level of stardom and fame. And then sooner or later, everyone will forget what they've done. You know, people are wanting to forget about this one that, um, um, whatever her song is, it's gone out of my head now. But when she was brocking up people and her Newcastle self, when she was brocking up that black woman in the toilets of a club, she wants to now make it so that if you even discuss it, she can sue you for discussing it. That's the, that's how far away she feels that she's moved from the from assaulting a black woman, even though, oh, but I date black men, so I can't be racist. It's, well, dated black men, so I can't be racist. But it's to me, it's just absolutely wild. So then, anyway, back to this boy's Insta stories. He now puts... He's reposting. What gets me is that he's reposting people who are sending him words of encouragement and how much they feel for him during this time. And he's reposting it onto his Insta stories. And that is what's making me mad because it's just like, how are you as white people excusing his behavior that was targeted at a black man. Only the black man can say whether he forgives it or not. None of you and what you're saying matters. So you can shut up. So then one person wrote to him, we all make mistakes, kid. I know you said all that shit because you knew he wouldn't reply. You're not the only one who has done that. Keep your head up, lad. And then he wrote, thank you for the ones being understanding. I appreciate it, even though I am wrong. (sighs) 
So you're not the only one who has done that. So who you whoever you are that sent the message, you too, you're also a vile racist troll. That means that you too, you've been going on people's pages and sending them things thinking that they'll never see it. Why would you hope? Why would you even send it anyway? That's what gets me. Is your life so meaningless that you'd rather send abuse to people and on the basis that they might never see it? Do you have nothing else to do with your time? Like nothing. Nothing else that you could do with your time Because I can think of a range of things That you could be doing with your time It's called time It's called chives It's called dill It's called smoked paprika It's called chili peppers It's called marjoram It's called Maggie cubes It's called gnaw There are so many things that you could be doing with your time That's that that's literally seasoning That you could be doing But you're not Instead you're sending abuse to random people online What a waste of a life What a waste Somebody else then wrote to him I forgive you mate Everyone deserves forgiveness And that looks like it was sent by someone with a black um it's a black person in the display picture i don't know if it's a real page or not and then he says um he wrote i hope everyone in time can forgive and see how much i regret what i said yo you said if i get coronavirus i'm going to cough in your face that's not something that I would be forgiving or forgetting anytime soon. So whoever, whatever black person that was, if that was a really a black person that's saying, I forgive you, you can shut the fuck up because nobody was asking you for your forgiveness and you can go and suck your mother, you absolute op. Yeah, that's all I have to say about that. So that's literally it for all of my straws. I'm all, and I'm all strawed out over you. Sorry, that was just a moment of inspiration that came to me there. And I just felt to share it with you. No, honestly, that is the end of that. Like I said, um, new cards will be coming soon, soon, soon at some point. Um, Friday, 22nd of May, live tweeting America, when will you marry at 7 p.m. London time. So get ready. It's the hashtag will be hashtag uh, pod, pod Bible listening party because I'm doing it in collaboration with Pod Bible. Um, so join in, tweet along with uh, to America, when will you marry? And I guess that's pretty much it. I think that's it. And oh yeah, like I said, I'll provide you the link to the monologue if you haven't seen it yet that I uh, did of um, Tolani's writing. And uh, yeah, I would say that's it. I would say that that's all that I've got to share with you. That was a long one. Anyway, I have been Kelechi Okafor and this has been SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What That's Right, Suck Your Mom, big up Express VPN for supporting this episode. Um, you can go and get three months free on a one-year package with Express VPN slash straws. Go and live your best life. That's expressvpn.com slash straws. Yeah. Make sure that you're all staying cute. Wearing your face masks wherever you can. I've got some cute ones that are made from Ankara. You can get yourself some too. Go and keep keep yourself cute. Keep yourself safe. I love you all. Look after yourselves, and I'll catch you on the flip side. Peace. It's the Ben's Brunani woman. It's baby boys, baby girls. You need to hear this. Just sit down, sit down. Receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea. We are gonna sip it here. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind.